Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. God bless you this morning. Uh, first off, I just want to give honor to, to God for being able to be in this house and serve and uh, thanking our pastor for allowing me to speak. Even though really he's just on vacation and he needed someone to fill a spot. No, I'm just kidding. But I want to thank him for allowing me and trusting me to stand behind this pulpit. How y'all doing this morning? Blessed? All right. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, I want to welcome uh, any visitors we may have uh, in the house or online. Um, Pastor Ryan's always big on welcoming. If you don't have a church that you serve or attend, we'd love to have you here. You're already family. With that being, all right, I'll say it. So with that being said, I'm going to need to borrow 20 bucks since we're family. <laughs> My wife says, don't say jokes. But sometimes the spirit just gives them to me, you know, he deposits them. <laughs> don't, I don't want to blaspheme. <laughs> so no, but uh, we, we, we see you as family, man. We're here to help. I mean, you heard it from several people. We're here to help. We are all in need of help. We're all here to help one another. Uh, so let's be the body, right? Let's help the body. Amen. So um, Pastor Ryan and Melissa, are they went to New York this week. Bless their hearts. They went to a foreign country. No, yeah, so that, that's in my notes. Don't we take it in my notes. So they went to New York to scout out for the Astros, and it's worked. We're, we're 3-0 and now, so we appreciate his sacrifice. <laughs> Calm down. This is the house of the Lord. Um, but no, so they went on vacay, had a good, uh, from what I saw on the videos, it looks like they're having a good time. Uh, they will be coming back today if they're not already traveling back. Uh, we pray for them this morning. Pray that only they come back. No sickness, nothing else from over there, you know. Uh, we want to pray protection over them and rest because tomorrow's Monday. And they've been busy all week. So, uh, Amen. Um, but with that being said, that led me, are you guys being stuck with me this morning, right? Which is a blessing, right? Amen. Woo. Y'all missed, y'all missed the, y'all missed the clap there. I believe that God has given me a word for today. Uh, and I'm going to do my best to, uh, reciprocate, to give it to you as cold as he gave it to me. He wasn't holding no punches back. I'm just kidding. Um, but I want you to know that when anybody teaches or preaches, that God first tends to the speaker before he tends to the crowd. And that's important to understand because when you begin to, to, in your walk, when you begin to start giving maybe a small devotional, you'll start understanding that God is attacking, not attacking, I'm sorry, he's dealing with you and where you are in your walk. And then in turn, you reciprocate that to the crowd and that's when he begins to work there. So it's important to understand that. So know that when someone gives you a message, It's not because they're like, oh, just the Lord just kind of told me. So I just want to tell you. No, it's something that comes from within. Amen. Um, But let's pray before we get into it. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, 
to join as a body, as a congregation and worship and praise your name for what you have done, for what you will do, for your, your, your mercy, your love, your consistent love. My God, we just thank you for who you are, not for what you're able to do for us, not for what you're giving us, simply for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross when I did not deserve it and probably never will. My God, but you think that I was. And I thank you. We ask all these things, your mighty son, Jesus name. Amen. All right, so the title of my message this morning is Failure, hashtag, not an option. And I want you to know that as I was worshiping, that came to me. So that was the Lord. I will not lie. He's hip. He's current in all times. He's not like, oh, what are they doing these days? No, but failure, hashtag, not an option. That's the the, uh, title that came to me. Today, we're going to be reading out of Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30. We're going to break it up a little bit. We're going to take it as we're going to walk through this together. Okay. I told myself, don't move so much. And I keep moving. So if you see me moving, just be like, stop. All right. We're going to go through the, uh, it's called the parable of the talents. And it's something that I believe that we're all familiar with, but we're going to take a, a dive into it because like I said, this is a word that God has given me. And if he's given it to me, there's a need for it. There is a reason for it. So it's not something that's like, oh, I just felt like doing today. Amen. So we, we start in verse 14. It says, for it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents to another two and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. The one who had received five talents immediately went and did business with them. And earned five more talents. In the same way, the one who had received the two talents earned two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Hmm. So this parable is in in response to a question that the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew 24. Because they already know because he's been hinting to them that he is going to go. So their question in Matthew 24, 3 is, uh, is, it reads, And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Okay, so the word parable means an illustration or, or, a, uh, or a comparison, right? Um, it has been said that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, Jesus frequently used parables as a means of illustrating profound divine truths, right? So he took something that was too difficult for us to understand, and amen if we still don't understand the parables, right? But he puts it in a sense where you could understand it in a different way. But even though when you get it, there's still something deeper than what you're reading. And that, if I could be honest, that's kind of really all of God's word, amen? But he knows that he has to break it down for us, Right? Um, so a side note is, is understanding that every parable following is talking about, uh, from Matthew 24 into Matthew 25, he speaks on being prepared. They asked, when will you come back? How will we know? And he says, be prepared constantly different parables. You want to go and read it? You can read it. We won't go into it, but you'll see he's always speaking on being prepared. And, uh, beginning of verse, uh, chapter 25, he talks about the parable of the 10 virgins. 
and how some weren't prepared when the time came. Amen. So move it along. But just to kind of give you a little backdrop, what we're, what we're seeing here is a master leaving his slaves something, a talent. Amen. And um, a talent is actually, it's not actually something. It is, it is a weight of precious metals. So it's not that, oh, the talent is that. It's not your talent. It's, it's actually an amount of money. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's what he's leaving with his slaves. Now, if I were to tell, well, I don't have slaves or I'm not rich. I don't have servants, housekeep, right? That's like me being rich and being like, look, I'm about to go on this journey to New York and I'm going to leave you and you and you with a lot of money and I'll be back. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You're going to come back to all that money gone and they have another house, right? So something that we see that that doesn't make sense to us. It's like, why would... Why would that be? But this is actually something that would happen back in those times. I don't know if it was meant to be a protection or just to get an investment while he's away. Amen? But that's not the biggest thing. So in this case, the master selected three. Right? I want to focus on the fact that the master gave different increments to each servant. Why? Why is that? Amen? So, I need a drink of water. My mouth got drier as the time got close to me having to preach. I was quenched and then it was like, you're up. Oh, I got dry. All right. So the master selected what he left to each servant. And he also selected, um, you know, what he would give and that he would give. Right. So if we picked up with what he said while we were reading, we will notice that he says uh, that he gives based upon each one's ability. It's not. it's not what they wanted. It wasn't, hey, what do you want me to leave you? No, it was what he knew of their own abilities. And we got to thank God for that. Right now, it may not make sense, but we, we'll move along. So we have to understand that God knows what we are capable of doing. He knows if I give him too much, it's not going to be a good thing. If I give him too little, it's not going to be a good thing. But I got to give him just right and allow him to do the best that he can. Or she, not to be you know, masculine. Right. But the master didn't ask what they could do. And the master didn't ask what they wanted them to leave. You know what? Oh, can you leave this for us? No. He left what he felt was uh, ready for them. What was in need of them? Right. So thinking of that, I'm I'm reminded of Moses. When Moses, uh, God calls Moses the burning bush, he tells him what he wants to do. And he did not want to do it because he was uh, slow of speech. I had put stuttered, but I didn't want to be a blasphemer because it's not necessarily stuttered. It was just slow of speech, right? That was, that was a joke, kind of. No, but no. So I looked up, and it was actually slow of speech. It wasn't a stutter, or it's not proven to be a stutter, but he did not want to do it. But no matter how good of the excuse, because that's a good excuse. I don't want to get in front of people because I can't speak in front of people. But that's, that's a pretty good understanding. But what does he do? Well, we got Aaron, your brother. Don't worry. He's going to be your mouthpiece. Right. So no matter what God calls you to, if he's called you to it, he's going to be with you through that situation. He's not going to call you and say, hey, you figure it out. Uh, it's on you. No, he's going to be there aside you, alongside you, walking with you, helping you to build you up for what you're going to do. Amen. All right. So <clears throat> I want to share with you this week or, or really since I, I said yes to preaching. So I'm working out of town six days a week. I drive two hours to work, work 10 hours shift, work, drive two hours back home. Leave by 4.30, I'm home by like 7.30, 7.45 maybe. 
depending on traffic. It's not a lot of time when I got to be in bed by 10. That's two hours and 15 minutes. And my wife takes like two hours and 14 minutes for her stories, right? <laughs> she got to get her words in. No, she, she's really good. She's been a real trooper. Really, she has. Um, but that doesn't leave a lot of time. So I was talking to a friend of mine on my way to church, on, on my way to, to work. And I was like, man, there's no way. This is before I said, yeah. I said, man, there's no way I'd be able to pair preaching or teaching. There's no way, bro. He goes, man, you could do it. I said, bro, get behind me, Satan. I know. <laughs> He's like, bro, you could do it. And I'm like, I'm like, man, there's no way. And then I get a text message. Not the same day, you know, a couple days after. I was like, oh, man, watch who your friends are, man. No, but it was a friend of mine from another church. So I was like, man, and then Pastor Ryan, who could teach? And bless my wife. Bless my wife. My husband has a word. I said, oh. <laughs> Did God tell you that word by any chance? <laughs> and I was like, man, you know what? I'll do it. And I, and I talked to my coworker the next day. I said, bro. He's like, bro, don't talk to me no more. I said, bro, I don't want to talk to you no more, man. I talked to you and here I am. But here I am, prepared, pre- preparing a preaching. And I'm a procrastinator, so I waited till the last week, last night. Can y'all see my eyes? I'll bug eyes. I don't know how I'm here. No, but you know what? God was faithful, man. God was with me, and God kind of shifted the way I was going to go, but I could have. My wife even gave me a route out. She said, I have my preaching from Spanish. If you need me to do it, I'll do it. I said, man, I ain't no punk. (laughs) I'm not going to let you hold that over my head. So... But I was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bow out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay the course. And I did. Not for, not for me to get an amen. Not for. The, there's no excuses, man. When God calls you, you do what you gotta do. You make it happen. Guess what? If there was a Texans game, you got some free tickets. And I got this, but you got. Don't worry. I'm gonna be there, bro. Don't worry. You're gonna make a way. So guess what? When it comes to the Lord, have that same attitude. Have that same mentality. I'm gonna make a way. I don't know how, God, but I'm gonna do it because you asked me to. Amen. All right. There's no number of excuses that will make up for doing that task. No matter what I say, no matter what you say, nothing will make up for not doing that task. We have to understand that when we step into our Christian walk, you may be new and you may be seeing someone like me who's seasoned. And I'm not saying that I'm great. You may see someone like Ryan, like, man, how? You may see TDJ. You may see Tony Evans and be like, wow, I just want to be there. I want to, I want to tell you right now, I took fast steps the wrong way and I ended up in a bad spot. You know, Christian-wise, it wasn't like a bad walk. In my walk, I learned things wrong. I didn't learn things right. I want to tell you, be patient. Be persistent. Keep on keeping on. But know that masterpieces take time, man. It's not something that happens overnight. You're still going to struggle. You're still going to battle. Guess what? I still struggle. I still battle. Guess what? Pastor Juan still struggles, still battles. He's seasoned. So know that masterpieces take time. Don't just assume that I'm here. Let's go. I'm ready to fight. Say, hold, hold on, hold on, little lady, come here. You know, you got you to gotta know that there's preparation, right? Be persistent. Amen. So we see that the master has given according to uh, their own ability. And we, receive, we know that God gives according to our ability, right? So let's look at what follows. So once the master gives each slave their talents, each servant responds to their task. There aren't any instructions, just an expectation, that's challenging, right? Because if you literally read the story, he just gives it to him and he leaves. That's it. He didn't tell him how to do, what to do. He says, in your hands. I'm giving it to you. Didn't tell him what he wanted. He just came back with the He set the expectation of what was going to be done. 
right? That's tough. So we notice the first two servants. One received five, one received two. Immediately, immediately went and did business with them, with the talents that they received, right? The phrase means that they physically went to work. They didn't just go put it somewhere and, and, and let it, let it uh, get, you know, uh, interest. They didn't just uh, hope. And, no, they immediately took that and put it to work to make more. Right? So that's the first two. The last servant. I feel like every time I read this story, I get sad when I get to the, to the last guy. I'm like, he received one. And the last servant. But the last servant, he doesn't even, he just went away. It doesn't say that he went to work. Doesn't say that immediately. He didn't say what time. He said that he just went away. Everybody moved forward. The first two moved forward. He just kind of went away. Kind of off to the side. Like, huh? Let me think about this for a minute. He lacked the motivation to go to work like the other two, right? He was kind of nonchalant, so to speak. Like, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just gonna, mm, I'm gonna set off to the side first, right? Not only does he go, he doesn't go straight. He goes off to the side. He does what? He digs a hole and he buries the talent. And I didn't mention this earlier, but a talent, that weight is equivalent to 20 years of common labor in that time. That's a lot of money. And it was also common back in that time because there was no banks to bury their, their goods because they're valuables because they were robbed, right? People were robbed. So that's a lot of money. Okay. So you got to understand, this guy, he didn't want to do nothing. He didn't want to go to work. He said, let me just bury it because going to get it to, to work and start multiplying, that requires what? That requires hustle. That requires me going to do things, buying things, using this, collecting, making sure I know what I'm doing. That requires work, not just to sit there and do nothing. <laughs> We're going somewhere with that one, huh? In the same way as we walk in our daily lives, God has given us abilities. He's given us gifts. He's given us talents, right, to help further the kingdom of God, sharing the gospel, and here we are in our four walls. And I'm not saying that everyone, but we just come here on Sunday to get a word. And then we go back out, live our life. Then we come back on Wednesday. If we do that, maybe we're not that committed. We come back next Sunday, get another word. Just eating, spiritual glutton. But do we fantasize about what others have? Spiritually, right? I'm not talking about physically. We can't go to physical equally as quick. But do we just fantasize about the gifting that this person has, the gifting that that person has? Man, if I had that gift, oh, bro, I would be good. If I had her voice, his voice, bro, I would be good. If I could play an instrument like that, it'd be over. God would have created perfection. If I had a six-pack boy, it'd be on, right? No matter what, there's always, like I said, there's always going to be that excuse. But if we constantly look at other people and look at their gifting, I'm looking sideways. I'm looking up. I'm not moving forward. It's hindering me. But if we don't do something what God has given us because we're steadily looking everywhere else, are we not doing the same thing as the last servant is kind of burying what God gave us? Let me tell you this. What you have, someone needs. And what you think is not good enough, someone's dying for it. Your word your gifting, whatever it may be. So understand, don't envy somebody else's stuff. Don't envy what someone else has. Want what God has for you. God, what do you have for me? Because if they got that, I want something too. And I know that you've given me an ability. I know you've given me a time. I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. 
but I'm like a hype man and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. That's it. My wife's singing. I'm like, I'm going to get it, right? I can't believe I just did that. I forgot we're recording. But uh, <laughs> but I'm going to do the best that I can. I'll make you laugh. I promise you, you'll laugh. You're going to hurt. Like, stop. Get away from me. But I'm going to do the best. Like, I'm going to share joy because God has given me an abundance of joy. If that's it, yeah, that's all just joy. <laughs> Bro, what else do I need if all I have is joy? Guess what? You mad. Look at you mad. I'm, <laughs> what's up, buddy? How you doing? So, it, it, you know, embrace what God has given you. All right? All right, enough of beating that dead horse. So let's move on. Matthew 25, we're going to finish it off, verses 19 through 30. So you can follow along with me. I think my boy has it behind me. It says, now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have earned five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Excuse me. Enter the joy of your master. There's that joy right there, huh? Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have earned two more talents, his master said to him. Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy of your master. Now the one who had received, see there, see how my tone already changed? Man, come on, praise God. Now the one who had received the one talent also came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. And I was afraid, so I went away and hid your talent in the ground. Mm. See, you still have, uh, you still have, sorry, uh, what is yours? I'm sorry, I skipped the line. But his master answered and said to him, you worthless, lazy slave. Did you know that money in the bank, I'm sorry, did you know I reap where I do not sow and gather where I do not scatter seed? You ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has more shall will be more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But for the one who does not have even what he does have shall be taken away and throw the worthless slave into man, worthless. That's a tough word. Slave into the outer darkness and that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Sorry, work with me through all that. Um, wow, that's tough. Now you see why it's been all sad, right? When I see when I talk about him. All right. So what we see is after a time, the master returns to the servants, right? Where he it, it says slaves. So he returned back to his slaves who doubled their talents, and uh, they were eagerly waiting for him. The ones who doubled their talents, they're like, man, when's he going to come back? Like, come on, I, I want to show him what I got. I want to show him what I did while, I, while he was gone. Why? Because they're faithful. They were obedient. They answered the call to what he had said. Even though there was no, nothing but an expectation, hey, we've all been kids, right? What do we do? We do something good? Dad, come look. Come look, Dad. Mom, come look. Or you got kids? Come look. You're like, what am I looking at? Amazing. It's like, it is amazing. What is it? Right? So we know that in us, we have a child and we have a father who, who is our God. And we know that he will come back. And we know that one day we're going to go. We're going to have to account for what we did. And that's what they, these, these slaves, they were like, look, this is what I did. Right? So we see that because they were faithful servants, their master honored them and was ready to trust them with even more. And I was talking to Sister Heather, and she's like, man, I use that verse on my, my son all the time. Like, be faithful. If you're not faithful with a little, I can't give you more. 
And I was like, well, I said, hopefully he's there. He's like, I'm going to let him hear it. Don't worry. So we know that he honors us. If we're faithful with what he's given us in scripture, even in a parable and other scriptures, he, he trusts us to, to be in charge of more. Right. Uh, but the servant, the last servant, he tries to blame the master for being a hard man. I know that you're a hard man. It must have been a bad, bad slave owner. Right. And he was fearful of losing the money he was trusted with. And what does he get? A punishment. Right. So in the end, when it comes down to it, there's going to be a reward or there's going to be a punishment. And only we can be responsible for what it is. Right. So we see it. But the real attribute, the real characteristic, the real trait that he he says is what? That's behind it all is laziness. And that's tough because I don't think of myself as a lazy person in the physical. I know I'm overweight. It's cool. I give you that. I like to eat. But I really, I'm not the guy who's going to sit there. And you know what? If I got to be honest, I, I would say it's kind of a pride deal. Because if a skinny, if a skinny guy is right next to me sitting down, he, oh, he's taking a break. But if I'm sitting down, it's because I'm lazy. And you're not going to have that over me. So I'm going to do more than that person. And you'll be like, dang. So it's kind of a pride issue, but it's not like a serious thing. But I just don't, I just don't want someone to have a bad image of me, right? It's like, bro, what's up? I can do it. What do you want to do? It's not a bad thing. I don't think. I mean, here I am giving excuses. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But I don't want to have someone have a bad image of me. It's like, why? Because he's skinny. He, he, he's just taking a break. But I'm a little, a little you know, a little bigger than him, you know, a little couple hundred pounds. Big, you know, why is it that I'm lazy? So that's something I've always been. My dad's always put hard work. So that's something I do. But if I could be honest, when it comes to spirituality, that's the most important. Because guess what? If I'm overweight, you know that I'm lazy or you know that I'm not active. But if you're lazy spiritually, I don't know unless I see fruit. So the reality is this. If you're spiritually lazy, that's something that really kills. Because you're not reading. You're not praying. You're not fasting. You're not helping. You're not reaching. You're not talking. You see what I'm saying? So you can fake to us all. You can speak to Christianese all you want. We'll believe you. Oh, yeah. Praise God, brother. I don't know what you just said, but praise God. Bless his heart. But God sees the heart. God knows what's behind the intent. Amen. So, uh, it is important to know that the servants did not know the day, time, or the hour that the master will return. That's important. We will not know when Jesus comes. Not even he knows. It says only God the Father knows. And I think I jumped ahead and I'll say it in a minute, but work with me. But when you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, preaching, teaching, uh, 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 pastoring, uh, whatever it is, singing for the Lord. If you're doing what you're supposed to be, you're not worried about it. You're like, when he comes, you're like, man, I, I got more people to reach. There's more people out there that need to hear about Jesus. There's more that I got to do. I can't go yet. Hold on, God. I got some more to do for you. See the difference? But when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're like, man, hopefully God don't come back because I'm not where I need to be. Right? And if we could be honest, as, some, as a lot of us sometimes, hold on, man, I, I, I'm not even, I'm not where I think I should be. But why, why? It's like Russian roulette. Spin a gun and pull the trigger. That's what we're doing. Anytime we're not doing what we should be doing, that's what we're doing. Russian roulette. Would you put a, a bullet in a gun, spin it and put it in your head and pull the trigger? Then why do we do it with God? Why do we do it with God? Because if you go, if the time comes that you thought you had more time, and guess what? When that time comes, you ain't going to have no more time. And remember, it's a reward or punishment. What you want to do. It will be out of your hands at that time. All right. So this parable is a representation of Jesus as the master, right? 
It's simple to follow. And the servants are the disciples. That's who we're speaking to. But not only is it just the disciples, it's us as well, the body of Christ, believers in Christ. Jesus left us with gifts. He left us with uh, abilities and opportunities, right? He didn't, he's not telling you, hey, go, there's sometimes the spirit will lead you to go talk to someone. But he just simply allowed opportunities. You see, um, my sister already said it, Rachel. She said what? We want to go reach the people who are poor, reach the people who lack, make relationships. Those are opportunities, right? Why aren't we doing them already? So there's opportunities. It's, it's there for you to do. All right. Uh, to do the right thing is what he entrusted us with. He wanted us to do the right thing. He don't have a step by step, 10 steps, five years. This is where you're going to be at. No, that's your responsibility. I need you to what Matthew 28, 20, go make disciples of the nation, baptize the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's it. Make disciples. That's your, that's your commission. That's a great commission for everybody. It's given. So if you're like, I don't know what to do. Matthew 28, 20, go read it. That's you. That's everybody. Every Christian, every believer. Amen. So don't, don't be like, I, I didn't know God. I just never knew. You do. We know what we got to do. So are we going to be like the first two servants? Or are we going to be like the last servant? I think it's important to know. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I think it's important also to notice that the one that had five, he doubled it. There was no difference. The one that had two, he doubled it. It was a different amount. Why wasn't the master like, oh, well, you did even better than him. No, he said the exact same words to both servants until he got to the one who did nothing. So don't worry about what I have or what I'm doing. Worry about what God is allowing you to do and do for his kingdom. Amen. All right. So um, we are stewards of something that does not belong to us. That's what a steward is. Something that is not ours. It does not belong to us. And let me tell you what the gift that you have, the ability to sing, the ability to preach, the ability to prophesy. It is not yours. That is God's. You are simply given the opportunity to do the best that you can with what he's given you. That's it. All right. Failure is not an option, period. In this walk, failure is not an option. We are here to do what God has called us to do. Failure is not an option, period. I may stumble. I may make mistakes. But believe me, I will get back up and keep on going. Right. There's a list of people in the Bible who did good and failed. There's a list of people who failed and then did good. Look at uh, David. Did good. Failed. God with Bathsheba. Right. Abram. Became Abraham, took it into his own hands, did try to, hey, conception, I'm going to go with Hagar. Boom, that's in his, he took conception in his own hands, right? Many of people, uh, Saul, who was doing horrible, thought he was doing good things. Guess what? God intervenes, becomes Paul, and then you see what God does. It's never the person that does the good, it's God who does the good through them. Amen? So that's what you got to know. It doesn't matter. Cain and Abel, he killed, Cain kills Abel. Why? Because the same thing we see here. Why? What if it would have been like, oh, well, you did better than he did. And then there's pride right there. So there's so many people that have fallen in the Bible because Romans 3, 23 says, well, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's not one. There's not one of us who is good enough to enter into the kingdom of God only but by the blood of Jesus. Amen. He imputes his righteousness for us. So we have to know we are not perfect by any means. But if we allow God our time, our energy, and resources, as little as they may be. Because, man, I'm going to tell you what, when that bill comes, the resources get real small, real quick, right? So is your faith in Jesus or is your faith in your money? Mm. I was looking at something and it says uh, on money, we see it everywhere in God we trust. And in, in, um, in, in uh, uh, like uh, the courtrooms in God we trust, the reality is that it's there, but, but which God? 
because we know that names that, 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 that Jesus references towards Satan is he's the God of this world, the prince of this world. So it is our God. So in God we trust, but in, on money, is it really that we trust in God or we trust the God who's behind the money and that's Satan? God doesn't need, our God does not need money. He has everything, right? But the other one, he gives a false sense of hope. So don't look at people and see their role in Christ and envy them, right? Instead, look at them and see what God has done through them. What path have they been through? What have they gone through? I know, look, I'm only right here, man, and I've gone through some stuff. What has he gone through? What has she gone through? What battles, like the song, I picked that song. I'll get into it in a little bit, but what battles has he won for you? Right, because that's where you start building your faith. That's when you start building your hope. Because then you need to start saying, like, man, if they have that faith and hope, I need to know what they got, what they're doing. Because, hey, you need to get a seasoned person with you because you need to know some things that you won't learn until you start doing. Amen. Uh, so, so many people, I, I mentioned that. So, I'll get into it. A couple of weeks ago, I was jamming to that song, The Story I'll Tell. And, um, man, God just broke me down. You know why? Because, I listened to this song like a thousand times to make sure if today I wouldn't cry, right? And like God's like, yeah, whatever. So I was listening to this song, the story I'll tell, man. And, and I, I, I'm, I ride with six people in my truck. It's me, my son, my father-in-law, and three guys in the back. Not that they're important, but you don't know them, so it's kind of impo- kind of unimportant, right? Unimportant. Um, but so every morning when I drive, man, you know what's coming on my song? I got worship music. And I tell him jokingly, I'm like, bro, I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, bro, don't be doing that with us in the car. I'm like, bro, you made it, didn't you? But I have worship music, man. This song came on. And, and so typically when I get back to work, it's a lot of hours. So I'm, I'm away from church. I'm not preparing teachings. I don't, I don't preach as much, right? But I teach quite oftenly. So I don't prepare them as often. So what tends to happen, unfortunately, unregrettably, right, being full transparent, is I kind of distance myself from God because I'm not, I'm not focusing on teaching. And that's wrong for several reasons. But the most important reason is God is more important than me teaching, you know. So I, I was very intentional this time. I'm like, man, no, this time you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna worship more. You're going you're gonna to pray more. You're going to listen more. You're going to listen to preaching. You're going to do more. So I was on it. And this song came on. The story I'll tell. And I was like, man, it's a good song. Amazing. And then I started crying. And all I heard was, it's not me who fails, right? And I was crying, and I'm like, man, not because I fail him, even though I do, but it was, it was more, I felt the pain that he felt when we fail him and do not allow him to be used through us. So I was like, I was crying, man. I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, it's not, not, not just for me. I'm sorry that you feel that way, right? And and something I wanted to bring to a notice is the fact that we grieve the Holy Spirit. Like, he, he is a person. Like, he has feelings. He has a will. He has a mind. He's able to understand and perceive. He's not a fool. He sees past our schemes. He sees past our lives. He sees past our excuses that we give to people. But the word grieved here means pain or sorrow. So when you grieve the Holy Spirit, when you sin or, or when, when you allow your flesh to take over, you're, you're saddening him. You're, it's like death. Like sorrow comes from death. It's like, like we die to him because he cannot fill us because we're not holy. Right? 
So, man, imagine that. Like, imagine, like, your spouse and you're just like, oh, I hate you. Get away from me. Like, man, those words cut deep. You think she's going to come to you the same time? And, and praise God, the Holy Spirit is in the same way. But you think your wife's going to come next to you the same way? There's going to be a kind of a resistance. But thank God that the Holy Spirit, you just say, forgive me. Feel me. I'm sorry. And he just refilled like, like nothing ever happened. Why? How, how are we so, so lucky, so blessed to, to have a God that would be that way with us? It's amazing, right? But we can do and say things that hurt or grieve the Holy Spirit's feeling and, and not, not think nothing of it just because we don't see him. So why don't we just do and say things to people in the physical and just, hey, that's because we see him. They represent, they speak. Oh, man, did you see what Brandon did, how he talked to me in church the other day? Oh, yeah. Then he started building a bad repertoire. I think people start saying things. Nobody trusts you. But those things that are unseen, those are the things that we care less for. A lot of people like to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. But we neglect to talk about the presence of the Spirit. That is necessary to transform our hearts and our hearts' desires so that we can be used by him to forward his work through us. We worry so much about the gift of the Spirit, but we forget about Galatians 5, the actual fruit of the Spirit. And can I tell you, before you can even talk about or even touch the gifts of the Spirit, if you haven't worked on the fruit of the Spirit, you're just going to leave yourself out of the loop because you've missed the mark. Fruit of the Spirit come first. Amen? Um, Can I tell you that uh, if we don't learn how to develop the fruit of the Spirit, We'll never be able to handle it. I'm sorry, I just said that. See, let's add jump ahead. But I truly believe we Christians think that we are underqualified, that we are unable to answer the call, that we are unable to teach, that we are unable to preach, right? Unable to lead because of our flaws and imperfections. But if we just seek the Holy Spirit, he will guide us on our journey in a way that no one else can and or correct us in his disobedience, right? You have to understand in his way that we need, I'm sorry. Humility is an awesome thing, and I like to think that I have humility. It kind of sounds prideful, right? Um, but when humility hinders his will or his work, right, it's no longer humility, it's disobedience. So understand, humility goes a long way. Oh, I could never. But if you, if you allow that to keep you from doing things because you feel like you're unworthy or you're humble, well, then you're just hindering the presence of God in your life and in the next person's, right? Can I ask the... The worship team to come up, please. Um, actually, was, was that that long? I was trying not to be that long. Um, but also, I want you to know that, that we aren't enough. We aren't the best at everything. We have flaws. We have imperfections. Right? We do things wrong. But it is God through us that can sustain us. Right? So, when we think of the parable of, of the talents. Know that, where are you? That's the most important thing. Where are you right now? Let's stand, please. Where are you right now? What, what, uh, what, what slave can you relate to? Are you the one that is, that is able to do the work? Are you the one that's able to do the multiplying? You're the one that's able to, to do what you have to do for the glory of God, to, to, to multiply what he has given you? Are you the one who is digging a hole and burying your gifts? Because you feel like you just can't do it. The reality is this. The beginning has been written. The Bible has the beginning. Jesus' birth 
It has been written. His death and resurrection have been written. The start of the church has already been written. Even the end times and what will happen has already been written. The question is, what will you allow God to write using you and his story? And that's the whole point of that song. The story I'll tell. Will you tell of all the pains? Or will you look back and reflect and say, God, look how awesome. I seen your hand move in my life. Even though in the moment, that's not what I saw, God. If I'm honest, that's not what I felt, God. But looking back, I seen how you moved me away from harm's way. Even though it looked bad. Even though it felt bad. Even though it was ugly. I see that you brought me through storms. I see that you brought me through seas. I see that I walked on waves with you. So what story will you allow to be told with your life? What story will you allow to be told with the gift that God has given you? But I want you to know, it doesn't matter which servant you are currently. Know that there's still an opportunity. I wanted to say there's still time. But I feel like that leaves people to know that, oh, there's still time. He said there's still time. No, no, no. There's still an opportunity. So understand, when you do things for the Lord, be intentional. Because that one word could have changed so many things. But it was him. It wasn't me. Because my mind said time. And he said no. There's still an opportunity for you to turn and change your position. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a choice. As I said earlier, once you no longer have breath in your lungs, this is no longer in your hands. What you've done in this life will be decided when the time comes on the final judgment or the white, uh, I forgot, on the wall. Leave that alone. Final judgment. There's another name for us as Christians that we'll go through. I can't think of it, so I'll leave it be. But one final thing, failing does not equal failure. You may say, man, I, I got up this morning and I failed. It's all right, bro. Get back up. You may say, hey, man, I'm struggling with something. It's all right, bro. Get back up. There's got to come a time where you shift, you pivot from that. But you have to be there for people. People, Sometimes people people don't come to you for you to give them the good advice or the words that you think they need. They just want someone to relate and know that they've been there. Hey, bro, I've never been in that situation, but I failed too. Hey, sis, I, I know you where you're at. I don't know how, I don't know personally, but I've been in something similar. You don't always have to have the words, bro. You don't always have to have the right thing to say to people. Allow the spirit to guide you. Discern when to speak and when to close your mouth. Just to be there. It's like a spouse. I, my wife would tell me, I don't come tell you for you to go do something. I come to tell you for you to hear me. And that took me a long time to, to, to learn because I was like, I'll go hurt them. And she's like, that's not what I want. I want you to hear me. I don't want you to give me the answer. I want you to hear me. And that's important. Listen to people. When people talk to you, get off your phones, man. I remember I was talking to somebody one time. They're like, yeah, man, it's cool. It was on his phone. Put that thing aside. What's the point of texting me? And then when I get in person, that's like my sister-in-law. was me and her relationship. We'll talk on Messenger all the time. We get in person, it's just quiet. What does that say? The awkwardness. Kill awkwardness, man. Giving up, turning your back, burying what God has given you, that's what failure is. And remember, as long as you still have time, you can turn back. I want to um, I want to make an altar call. 
And wherever you are in your walk, wherever you are, it's important to me, but it's even more important to God. But I feel like there's so much, there's so many lies. There's so many lies in the church. In the world period, but there's so many lies in the church. We're so afraid to share the truth. If you're not where you're supposed to be, are you bold enough to say it? Are you bold enough to admit it? Or the opposite of that, are you a coward that you'll hold it back? That's what it is. Do you want the reward or do you want the punishment? So I want to make a call to anyone. In, in, my, in my opinion, everyone should come forward, but it's for you specifically. If you're not where you need to be, if you find yourself bearing what God has given you or giving every excuse to God, and you're just saying, you know what, God, I just can't do it. I want to invite you to come up and I want to pray with you. I'm going to have the prayer team come up also. The prayer team is here to, to, to assist you in your prayers, assist you. And if you don't know what to do or how to do it, they're here to pray with you. But I've shared this so many times. You should be the one leading that prayer. How can I tell someone what you are going through? And this is your time. If you're not where you should be, if you're not where you think you need to be, then we're opening these altars for you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.